the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. And hour number two is underway at nine minutes past 10 o'clock. Thanks for joining us on this Monday, the eighth morning of the fourth month of the year of our Lord 2019. I want to pivot away from the immigration situation in the DHS um, uh, resignation by Kirsten Nielsen to travesty, to shame the president through a loyal servant to the American people under the bus. It is not going to help him get the best and brightest to um, come to work for the administration or to try to help him win a second term. It is a bad, bad, very bad decision by the president to force Kirsten Nielsen out. Here, what, Let me say this as the last point on this before I move to Chicago in a moment. I want to say this. This is something that could actually help slow or stop the incredible flow, this invasion of illegal immigrants and asylum seekers. And by the way, there is a difference. You know, I just had to respond to somebody else on Twitter who doesn't know their uh, blank from their blank, and I'll let you fill those in. I just had to cor- correct somebody else who said, a wall won't help. These are asylum seekers, not illegal aliens. Uh, uh, who is this? Lolo Shimmer said, a wall isn't going to help. Do you know why these people aren't illegals? They're asylum seekers. Illegals don't turn themselves in at the border to go through the process of asylum. We have to do an overhaul of our laws to help those wanting asylum and our agents. Well, yeah. But are you suggesting there aren't illegals still flowing across this border with drugs and guns and, 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 and human beings? Are you kidding me? Of course a wall is going to help. A wall would help the drug runners, the mules, the cartel members, the MS-13 gang members, the ones who are not asylum seekers. They're just illegals. And they're flowing across the border as easy as anything can be. Because everybody's attention is on the, the uh, Central American asylum seekers. We need both. We need to reform the asylum laws, and we need to build a wall to stop the illegal aliens. 
and the drugs that they're bringing. So to that end, Chris Kobach, former Secretary of State of Kansas, says the president could stop this massive illegal immigration and asylum fraud, as well as boosting the American economy by unilaterally, in other words, executive order, ending all remittances to Mexico. In an exclusive interview, uh, Kobach said Trump should replace his prolonged threat to Mexico, where he said he would wait a year before he puts any pressure on the country, with an executive regulation that threatens to end all remittances to uh, by illegal aliens in the U.S. back to Mexico. The threats and remittances, Kobach detailed, can be used to force Mexico into an agreement with the U.S. that bans Central American nationals from passing through their country to get to the U.S. to claim asylum, despite Mexico having a robust asylum system themselves. This policy, Kobach said, would ensure that the Central American cla- Central Americans claim asylum in the first eligible country that they travel to. Kobach said, quote, the threat I propose is one that actually helps us if we follow through on it. That's the threat of ending remittances from the majority of people in the United States from Mexico who are here illegally. That is a threat that we could carry through on that actually helps our economy because the money is not sent home. It would stay in circulation in the U.S. economy and help rev up our economy. It's actually a good thing if we follow through. Kobach is right. That's one of the biggest problems. Again, what is a magnet? What is the magnet of coming to the United States for the asylum seekers The magnet is, of course, obviously catch and release. We don't have to actually have a credible fear of persecution or being killed in our home countries. We just have to say we do, and then we get released, and we don't have to come back for any um, uh, any asylum hearings. That's part of the magnet. The other one for the illegal aliens is we're going to the United States. We're going to uh, take jobs from uh, American workers and from legal immigrants in the United States, and we're going to take that money and send it back home to our families back home. Those remittances are a massive portion of the Mexican economy. <laughs> the nation of Mexico makes out like bandits uh, on the number of um, or the amount of money that is sent back from illegal aliens in this country. The, the president, or excuse me, Chris Kobach is is advising the president correctly. Cut that off. Let them realize the money's not coming, and the money's going to stay in the United States. And watch how fast. Uh, Mexico cracks down on asylum seekers using their their nation as a land bridge to come to the United States. Watch how fast they crack down and say, okay, can you please let those remittances come back again? Chris Kobach is 100% right. They need to use this kind of policy. The president, rather than shuffling the deck chairs on the Titanic here and firing Kirsten Nielsen or replacing him with her with uh, Kevin McElhinney, how about doing something that would actually address the problem? Chris Kobach is right on. Now I'll pivot to Chicago. This is not about Jussie Smollett specifically, but it is about Jussie Smollett's um, attorney. Jussie Smollett's attorney, of course, is state's attorney Kim Fox. I know that sounds goofy, right? But no, in all in all seriousness, Kim Fox, the state's attorney who lied about recusing herself from the case because she has close ties with the Smollett family and the Obama connection and everything else. Uh, and then, of course, came back to drop all of the charges. She's supposed to be the prosecuting attorney. She was uh, given a true bill on 16 felony counts by a grand jury to go after Jesse Smollett. 16 felony counts. She dismissed them all. She ignored the grand jury. She kicked the grand jury to the curbs. Ah, Nope, dropping all the charges. She actually was, in a sense, acting as Jesse Smollett's defense attorney instead of the prosecuting attorney. Well, she has been, gasp, criticized for that. 
criticized not just by the public, not just by the Chicago police, but by national associations of district attorneys who have all said what she did was unconscionable. It's, it's, it's outside the bounds of the law. And she has decided to respond to those people. You can probably guess how she decided to respond to those people. Kim Fox, state's attorney in Chicago, says that's because everybody's racist. I cannot run an office. I cannot run an office that is driven by anger and public sentiment. I must run an office that looks at the facts, the evidence, and the law on every case. That is my responsibility. When I look back at how we have wrongful convictions and the circumstances around them, and some that were heightened of of media attention and others that were not, I cannot put ourselves in the position of being driven by public. We must be driven by the facts, the evidence, and the law. I I just have to pause there because I can't stand it. (laughs) The facts and the evidence and the law. Look at the facts here. Let's look at all the facts here. We've got the two Nigerian brothers confessing to committing the fake assault upon a payment from Jussie Smollett. Those are facts. We got them on video in the store buying the hats and the masks and the rope and the bleach and everything they were going to use to carry out the attacks. We got the $3,500 check that they said they were paid to carry out the attacks. We got Jesse Smollett lying about having broken ribs and going to the hospital because none of those things ever happened, of course. Let's, let's talk about all the facts about this uh, phony hoax hate crime. And she's going to tell us, I have to judge by the facts, who we prosecute and who we don't. Bottom line is, this defense attorney masquerading as a state's attorney and a prosecutor who hates cops in Chicago and everywhere else, this this defense attorney does have all of the facts and, in fact, declared that dropping the charges doesn't exonerate Jussie. She said, we think he did it. We're just not going to make him pay any price for it. Now she's going to sit up here and lecture us about facts before she calls us all racist. Always. And so I will say to you... By the way, standing behind her at this ridiculous photo op press conference is, of course, the Reverend himself, Jesse Jackson. Jesse is standing there support. I can't do a very good Jesse Jackson impression, so let's just let this go. I am honored and privileged to serve in this role. I am undaunted by the events of the last two weeks. I am committed to serving my term and should the people have me continuing forward. I believe that this has sparked a reason for us to have a conversation about where we really stand on criminal justice reform. What we really believe when we talk about the rhetoric of a broken system and fixing it. It means that you have to have fidelity to that. And the efforts that I've had on criminal justice reform that were once celebrated by many in this county that are now being attacked because of one case and one celebrity, I think we have to ask ourselves, what is this really about? I've been asking myself for the last two weeks, what is this really about? And as someone who has lived in this city, who came up from the projects of this city to serve as the first African-American woman in this role, 
It is disheartening to me and to the women and men for whom I represent that there is not a place I go that I don't represent for Cabrini. That's right. That when we get in these positions that somehow goals post change. Somehow when you do the best yes. and that you put our office on national standards, yes. there are people watching what we're doing in Cook County yes. around criminal justice reform and yet and yet. And yet. So I will tell you that this is personal. Yeah. You think it's personal for you, and you blame racism. Of course, that's what her, her virtue signaling at the end was there, her little dog whistles. Can't help but think it's about something else. One thing. I'm the first African-American woman to ever hold this position, so they're coming after me because of my race. It's all about race. Not about the fact that the man that had a 16-count indictment returned against him, that you kicked free, you kicked loose and set free, tried to essentially start a race and culture war by blaming red hat-wearing Trump supporters for attacking a gay man for being gay, a black man for being black, him being both of them. The fact that he has been set free with no repercussions ever, the fact that more people are going to be encouraged to commit hoax hate crimes in an effort to frame half the population as being racist because they support Donald Trump, that doesn't play a role in all of this, Defense Attorney Fox. Nobody gives a rat's behind about your skin color, lady. Nobody gives a rat's behind about Jussie Smollett's skin color, and I don't care who he goes to bed with. We care about the law. He broke it and attempted to cause a lot of damage in the city of Chicago and elsewhere, and you excused it. Make no mistake. Now, that's my statement on Kim Fox and her claim of racism being behind the criticism she is receiving. Representative Bobby Rush from Chicago. Representative Bobby Rush had his own statement. I don't think you're going to like it. And you're going to hear it next on AM 1420 The Answer. All right, 1026 now. The Bob France Authority continues. Go back, back to Chicago now, Kim Fox alleging that racism is why people have criticized her for her handling of the uh, of the Jussie Smollett case and her decision to dismiss 16 counts against him, even though she said that she knows he did it. She's, they were not exonerating him. We just think that this is a fair punishment. $10,000 forfeiture and uh, uh, 16 hours of uh, stuffing envelopes in Jesse Jackson's uh, uh, office. <laughs> yeah, like that happened. Uh, as she declared that racism is to blame for the criticism she is receiving, U.S. Representative Bobby Rush, Chicago Representative, Illinois' first congressional district, Bobby Rush, who's been in Congress for 20 years, blaming white people for virtually everything, decided to weigh in. Bobby Rush says, shockingly, it is racism. Kim Fox has been targeted, as all black people are, by the Chicago police. 
by FO, by the FOP. Bobby Rush, along with activist Jamal Green. is of the sworn enemy of black people. The sworn enemy of black people, he repeated. Rush says the FOP has always taken the position that black people can be shot down in the street by members of the Chicago Police Department and suffer no consequences. Let's be clear, he said. Kim Fox, her battle is with the FOP and all their cohorts. Wait, what? The police in Chicago were asked to catch two white Trump supporters who beat up Jussie Smollett, a gay black man, in the streets of Chicago in 30 degrees below temperatures at 2 o'clock in the morning, shouting, this is MAGA country in one of the most liberal cities in America. And they did it. They hunted for weeks, pursuing every single lead. And being the responsible, competent detectives that they are, they followed those leads, and they found that Jussie Smollett had faked the entire thing. So because the police couldn't verify and back up Jussie Smollett's lie, they're the enemies of black people? They're the enemies of Kim Fox? They believe in shooting people without consequences? Yeah, it's, it's police that are the enemies of black people in Chicago. It's police that are gunning down people in Chicago. Fast forward now to the weekend crime statistics. Directly from the Chicago Tribune, as cold weather breaks, violence returns. 24 shot in 30 hours. 24 people shot in 30 hours over the warmest weekend of the year thus far in the city of Chicago. At least three of them are dead from their injuries. At least three of those shot were children under 13. In typical Chicago demographic patterns, over 90% of those shot are going to have proven to be black people. And their shooters are 90% black as well. That's not an opinion. That is an observation based on statistical evidence every single year in the city of Chicago. Every single weekend, when the weather's nice enough for people to be outside, a couple dozen, sometimes three dozen or more, people are shot in Chicago in gang violence that is almost universally black on black. People are being shot in that city by members of their own race in unbelievable numbers. And Bobby Rush, who represents those individuals in his district, says that it's the police that are the sworn enemy of black people because they think they're allowed to shoot black people and get away with it. What are you doing, Representative Rush? to stop people from being murdered in your district, in the city of Chicago. What are you doing about the two dozen people who were shot in 30 hours in your district? Answer, 
nothing. Instead, you're standing with Kim Fox, Jesse Jackson, and other activist leaders condemning the police. You're a disgrace. You call the FOP the enemy of black people. You, sir, are a disgrace to your people, your meaning your constituents, the people in your district. They actually elect you to help take care of them and your district. You're doing none of that. You're a disgrace to the city and the people who elected you. We'll be right back after this. Probably time to refresh that promo. President backed off of his threat to shut down the border and said, yeah, we'll do something a year from now. We'll see what happens. Okay. Just making sure. But we're going to fire Kirsten Nielsen, by the way. She's uh, <laughs> she got to go. Kirsten Nielsen's got to go. She hasn't done enough to defend our border. Uh, 216-901-0945, Either one of those numbers gets you here. Twitter, again, it's uh, Radio Done Right or France Radio, F-R-A-N-T-Z Radio. Uh, if you want to tweet to me on some of these topics. But, uh, again, the Chicago police are not the enemy of the black population of Chicago. The black population of Chicago is the enemy of the black population of Chicago. Uh, this isn't hard to follow. Every single year we follow the same pattern. Every single year. With the exception of when it's really super cold out. Uh, when the more weather's warm enough to be out, the gangs are out. And they're shooting one another at unbelievably, incomprehensibly, unimaginable rates. Uh, a little over 24-hour period, 24 people were shot over this weekend. Three under 13, three children under 13, and three of the adults uh, are dead. The others are hospitalized. And uh, yet we're supposed to blame the police. The police are the problem. The police are the ones who are the enemy of uh, black people in, uh, in that city, according to Kim Fox, according to Jesse Jackson, and according to Chicago Representative um, Bobby Rush. This is uh, this is shameful. This is beyond shameful. Matter of fact, let me let me throw this at you <clears throat> uh, briefly because um, there's a website that has been monitoring this for a number of years now. The city of Chicago, Chicago Values. Matter of fact, it's called. If you'll excuse this, it's called Hey Jackass. <laughs> That's the website, HeyJackass.com, illustrating Chicago values, and they've been tracking this for a long time, for many many years. Uh, each weekend, they will they will track the number of people who have been shot, the number of people who have been killed, the number of people who have been wounded, uh, and the number of total homicides uh, in addition to guns in the city of Chicago. And each weekend is worse than the weekend before. They break these down in, by every imaginable statistic and metric. <clears throat> A person in Chicago is shot every 4 minutes and 44 seconds. A person is murdered every 24 mil- minutes, meaning not all of them are dead, of course. Uh, they break them down by parts of their body, how many people were shot in the torso versus the legs, the arms, the head, so on and so forth, by time of day, uh, by uh, 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 shot placement, by uh, uh, neighborhood where they occurred, uh, by race of the shooter and race of the victim, uh, causes of death. I mean, it's, it's an unbelievably comprehensive site, and it paints a very, very ugly picture. And the ugly picture is that in Chicago, and I haven't even begun my discussion of the Second Amendment, I haven't even begun to point out the obvious, that Chicago has some of the strictest gun control laws in America, and yet it is one of the most violent cities in America for gun violence. Think about that for a moment. 
That shows you how well gun laws work in uh, in various locales. But uh, it paints a very, very ugly picture for the city of Chicago, and they want to go ahead and continue to blame not the culture, not the um, uh, the the gangs, and not the households and the parents, but they're going to blame politicians and police. Well, specifically, uh, Republican politicians and police. I'm still just kind of... Um, <laughs> shocked and staggered a little bit by the statement that uh, Rush made uh, three times in Saturday's press conference declaring that police are the sworn enemy of black people. Um, the FOP reached out and responded, saying uh, on Saturday, in response to Saturday's unbelievable attacks, uh, they described Rush's comments as ignorant, offensive, malicious, and false, which is true. The FOP continues to demand that Kim Fox resign from office. Um, the union said in a statement, these outrageous and irresponsible comments have demeaned each and every Chicago police officer, regardless of their race. Mayor Rahm Emanuel, who blasted, blasted Fox's decision to drop all the charges against Smollett, saying it's a whitewash of justice, said she needs to focus on answering questions about this case. Uh, but he is totally against the idea of her stepping down. That would be a bridge too far. Rahm Emanuel can't do that. He can't declare. Uh, he can't declare that she should step down because uh, he's got a future to think about. Former assistant state's attorney in Fox's office filed a petition seeking a special prosecutor to look into the case and determine whether or not Smollett should be recharged with staging the hate crime. That could happen, not likely to happen. And uh, continuing, of course, is the federal investigation as to whether or not he committed a federal crime by sending himself the hoax hate letter with the death threat in it. Oh, by the way, one other thing. Smollett has been ordered by the city of Chicago through no assistance whatsoever of attorney or excuse me, state's attorney slash defense attorney Kim Fox, nor representative Bobby Rush demanded that he pay the $130,106, the cost of the police overtime hours expended in the investigation. He missed the court-imposed deadline on, or city-imposed deadline on Thursday uh, to pay or face further legal actions. And according to the latest reports from Chicago, the city is ready to sue him for those funds and perhaps as much as triple that amount since he has refused to pay for what he has caused. So that's just the latest update on it from um, the perspective of uh, uh, Kim Fox. We're all racist for de- demanding that justice be done there. And Bobby Rush says cops are really the racist, the sworn enemy of black people. 216-901-0945. If you want to join us, 888-281-1110. Uh, a lot of ground covered on the... Um, Secretary Nielsen's story, if you just turn the radio on, I want to go back and share with you the thoughts of a couple of people responding to the president, uh, in my view, erroneously, falsely, and quite frankly, shockingly, firing Kirsten Nielsen as Homeland Security Secretary uh, uh, yesterday, or over the weekend, it was announced yesterday, uh, saying that uh, essentially she's resigning, and that's it. He didn't thank her. He Well, he thanked her for his service. He did not uh, give her any kudos or any uh, commendations on the way out the door, just said she's out. And um, uh, being replaced with Kevin McAleenan, who will be the acting DHS, DHS secretary, which, will, of course, will do nothing whatsoever. But here is some of the reaction, including from uh, uh, U.S. Representative Michael Burgess. It's coming, I promise. Got a little delay here, but it's coming. Yeah, there it is. 
certainly, I, I, I thank her for her service. I think uh, it was a tough, tough job, and, and she did well in the job. I think a change will perhaps be a, be a positive aspect of this. It has been very difficult for Secretary Nielsen to come to Congress and talk to Congress, um, and she eloquently lays out the things that need to be changed. You know what's really frustrating about what Burgess said? You know, he pointed out, and so have several others, it's been hard for her to talk to uh, committees in Congress about what needs to be changed in Congress as far as the asylum laws because she is viewed with such contempt for uh, uh, using the uh, detention facilities as they were intended and as she was ordered <clears throat> excuse me, by DOJ to separate children uh, because they're not allowed to be held for more than 20 days and so on and so forth, and yet we can't turn the, the adults loose. We can't lock the children up with the adults, and we can't turn the adults loose, so we had to separate them. She has been ripped for that, called cruel and heartless and extreme, and yet she's being fired for not being hard enough, for not being um, extreme enough on, in, in trying to stop the, the invasion at the border. I just think about that for a moment. Here's State Representative John Joyce. I think the president clearly has an overview of who needs to be moving this forward. And we need to move this forward. As a member of House Homeland Security, we need to be able to back up what the president has clearly stated to us, that we are in a state of national emergency, that we need to provide Homeland Security with the right tools to move forward to stem the tide of illegal immigration into our country. All, all of these empty statements are just so frustrating. You know, John Joyce you're, you're weak. You're weak and you're pathetic. You're a member of the, the, the uh, uh, Committee on Homeland Security, you just said, and what have you done to help Kirsten Nielsen? Nothing. Nothing. But the president clearly has outlined what he wants to see happen. Really? And what does that have to do with Kirsten Nielsen? president president hasn't told Kirsten Nielsen to do anything that she hasn't done. DOJ hasn't told Kirsten Nielsen to do something that she hasn't done. She hasn't sparred with them or sparred with you. She's doing everything that she can, and they can her anyway, which is why this was so frustrating. And it's why I played this in the first hour. If you missed it, I want you to hear it now. If you already heard it, it was good. You should hear it again anyway. Tom Homan, former director of ICE, acting director of ICE, says that the president did the right thing. But then when asked to explain why it was the right thing to replace Nielsen, Tom Holman, for whom, by the way, I hold a great amount of respect. I do. I love Tom Holman. I've had him on this program twice. I'll have him on again. But even Tom Holman couldn't say what Kirsten Nielsen did wrong and that what Kevin McAleenan can do right. What can a, can a McAleenan do that, that, say, Secretary Kirsten Nielsen has not been doing? Well, I think, look, I, I think a couple things. First of all, we need to get Congress to fix the loopholes that cause these, these caravans to come, right? We've been asking them to fix the loopholes. And they want to know why the numbers are up. The numbers are up because half of Congress people even open borders. They don't want to fix the asylum laws. They, they, they don't want to detain families. They don't want zero tolerance and prosecute people that enter the country illegally. They, you know, they want to abolish ICE. They support sanctuary cities. And they wonder why there's massive numbers on the border. Of course there's massive numbers on the borders because... You know, we're enticing people to come where they don't think the immigration law should be should be enforced. I mean, think about what you just heard from from uh, Tom Holman, former ICE uh, acting director. Congress is responsible for all of it, and yet who are we holding responsible for it? <laughs> the DHS secretary. Kevin, again, Kevin knows the border. I think you'll you'll think out of the box, and you know, there are certain things we can do operationally. There's a great answer. He's going to think outside the box. All right, super. That, they, that they just if that if that's on the. Job interview question list. I'm just curious. Got to get rid of Nielsen. Let's bring somebody else in. What will you do? 
Kevin uh, McAleenan. I'm going to think outside the box. You're hired. No, no. That you know, for instance, I've been saying on Fox News last couple of weeks. I think ICE needs to get out there, do a nationwide operation, look for you know the, these people that had fine orders that had to do process at great taxpayer expense. They've had their hearing in front of a judge. They've been order removed. Ninety percent of them don't get don't get relief from an immigration court. So that means ninety percent of them need to leave the country. Completely agree with Tom Holman there. Completely agree. Hire more ICE agents. Let them go and do exactly that. <clears throat> but guess what? Kevin McAleenan can't do that. Kirsten Nielsen couldn't do that. Budget has to be there to hire more. Approval needs to be gotten to hire, to uh, to uh, put more IC agents in the field to go after illegal immigrants in this country and round them up and deport them. And guess what? Nobody is going to order that because nobody wants to, especially in Congress, wants to face the voters, especially the liberal voters, um, when uh, so many of them want these individuals to be given mass amnesty. Again, how's that Kirsten Nielsen's fault, and how's Kevin McAleenan going to change that? He's not. Until Central America sees those planes being filled and heading south, I think they won't continue to come, because right now it looks like there's no consequence and no deterrent. So I think Kevin will put his foot on the gas, and I think he'll, he'll go ahead and push forward. And let me tell you something. Again, I love Tom Homan, but stop with the, the empty statements. Kevin's going to put his foot on the gas and push forward. <laughs> He's saying the car was in neutral before? With Nielsen behind the wheel? No. She has pushed forward with everything the law will allow her to do and then has gone to Congress to beg the laws to change. And they won't. Secretary Nielsen, I respect her. Anybody who steps into a job like that, that takes over your life, that's a 24-7 job. It's a difficult job. She's a smart lady. She worked hard. So I respect her, and I respect the time she, you know, she served this country. That that is my point. Uh, it, it's in some respects, um, the Homeland Security Director's hands are tied by the laws that Congress has passed, right? You no, know, there's, there's a lot of hands tied. I mean, there's certain things that we have done in the past, back when I was an agent, both places. That look, the biggest thing is back back you know a decade ago when the numbers weren't so bad. You know, people weren't abusing the asylum laws. Now people finally figured out. The loopholes in asylum, so they're all coming up here in the United States claiming asylum when they truly don't qualify because escaping uh, poverty and coming to the United States for a better life just doesn't qualify for asylum. But they know to say a few key phrases on that border and step foot in the United States, they're going to be released. Many won't show up in court. And if they get order removed, they're not leaving. So I think, look, I think the, the South, I think Central America, Mexico pay attention to what's going on. They see, and I, like I said earlier, they see half of Congress that don't want to, you know, enforce the immigration laws of this country, and they're taking advantage of it, and that's what's causing this chaos on the border. There's no question about it, and it's not something that any DHS secretary could fix, which is what makes it so outrageous that Kirsten Nielsen, has been a loyal soldier, has been sent packing in such a, an unceremonious way. All right, uh, it's uh, coming up on 1050. We're going to check your traffic one final time. We'll come right back. Our last segment is usually a short one. We'll try to squeeze in some calls, though. Two one six nine zero one zero nine four five. Get in on AM fourteen twenty. The answer team. All right, 1053, the Bob France Authority, final segment of the broadcast coming up here. I want to share another story with you that I just think is extremely important. The President of the United States, no matter who he or she may be, is going to be looked up to as a hero by somebody, by lots of people. 
Achieving the office of President of the United States is something that is worthy of praise and, yes, indeed, hero-worshipping for many. Unless, of course, that president is Donald Trump. There was a little girl in uh, New York, and I'm going to try to say the uh, name of this the, the town, Lake Ronkonkoma. Lake Ronkonkoma. 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 I'm going with Ronkonkoma. R-O-N-K-O-M-K-O-M-A. <laughs> little sixth-grade girl. Not six-year-old, sixth-grade, excuse me, 12-year-old girl in sixth grade. Uh, was given an assignment along with the rest of her class at Samoset Middle, Middle School there in Lake Ronkonkoma, New York. Uh, and they were asked or assigned to write an essay on their hero. They had to choose their hero and write an essay as to why. One student chose former President Barack Obama, which is perfectly fine. Can be a heroic choice for, for a lot of people. That was okay. This 12-year-old girl chose Donald Trump. <laughs> That's not allowed. You can't choose Donald Trump. He's not heroic. He's bad. Here is a report from a television station station in Lake Ronkonkoma, New York. A Lake Ronkonkoma mom says her daughter was was not allowed to have President Trump as her hero for a class assignment. Nightside's Virginia Huey was at a district meeting where the issue came up. I'm incensed that a teacher would have my daughter do that. Emotions ran high at tonight's Sachem School Board meeting when Arthur and Valerie Moscato confronted board members about what they call an act of intimidation and censorship against their 11-year-old daughter, Bella. The Moscato say Bella's teacher told her she couldn't pick President Donald Trump as the subject of a hero project. She said that I wasn't allowed to do Donald Trump because he spreads negativity and says bad stuff about women. Bella says her teacher made that statement in front of another teacher and students in the class. The sixth grader also says her teacher ordered her to pick another hero. The thing I didn't get, she was okay with somebody doing Barack Obama, but not okay with doing Donald Trump. That's what got me angry. Like, I didn't like that. Bella's parents are angry, too. My daughter's hero is the president of our country. I can't believe that anybody in the school would tell my daughter something that 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 guy can't be her hero. I'm incensed by this. This was really frustrating to me because, you know, my daughter has every right to do and pick a hero of her choice. It's a First Amendment right, freedom of speech, freedom of expression. So it was really upsetting to me that she was trying to shut her down. The school superintendent issued a statement to News 12 saying, quote, it is not accurate that this student was told that they were not allowed to conduct research or report on any individual for a school assignment, including President Trump. To the best of our knowledge, by choice, the student is still conducting their project of President Trump. The Moscatos say the superintendent's statement made matters worse. And I'm incensed that my story was said to be inaccurate by you. My story is not inaccurate. My daughter didn't lie. No one should make a child feel that way. And you're supposed to protect my child. And I'm waiting for your reply. And, I'm- and the battle goes on every single day. We talk about indoctrination centers at the college level. 
We talk about the shutting down of free speech. If you are conservative, if you're a Trump supporter, if you're a red hat wearer, you are targeted for punishment and for, uh, you know, you know, you're not allowed to say or do certain things on the college campuses. We talked about how that is being pushed down into the high school level. And as you can see, it goes further all the way down into a sixth grade story. And this is not the first one we've seen where class assignments have been derogatory about President Trump, derogatory about conservatives, and glowing and, pro- and positive about President Obama and other liberal heroes. The battle continues every single day. Do not think that I, nor we, are ever going to stop fighting it. I will fight to defend our president every step of the way. Even if I must, in the course of making all of us better, criticize certain decisions like the firing of Kirsten Nielsen along the way. If that's a mistake by the president, he's still my president. He is still my hero, and he is still championing that which is right in the United States of America, and our kids ought to be able to say so. That's going to do it. Thanks very much for joining us. Peter Kirsten, I will be on tomorrow's program. Stay exactly where you are right now, because if you leave, you'll miss Mike Gallagher. He's next on AM 1420, The Answer. Enjoy the silence. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.